Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Happy Leap Year 2024 and happy birthday to Randy Jamal Abramowitz, rapper Jai Rule, motivational speaker Tony Robbins, and the late actress Tempest Storm. Today happens to be the debut date for 2008's films The Other Bowling Girl, Semi-Pro, and Penelope. I also would like to wish the very best of luck to my brother, Charlie Engelman, on his big art show opening tonight. I wish I could be there, Charlie, but I'm there in spirit. Congratulations to the Special Olympics of Massachusetts basketball teams who had playoff games last Saturday. Way to go, Mid-Cape Flash. Congrats on your silver medals. Best of luck to the Soma basketball teams who have basketball playoff games this Saturday, March 2nd, such as the Mid-Cape Sports Hoopsters and Celtics, woohoo, Life Changers and the Latham Hawks. I would like to wish my friends Nikki Regan and Dan McLeod of Hyannis the best of luck running in the Hyannis Half Marathon on that day. I forgot to mention some birthdays on last week's show. Sarah McLean's daughter Posey turned six on the 24th and Tiffany Yates' birthday was the following day, February 25th. Kate Leonetti's daughter, Addie, turned eight years old on February 27th. And Megan Loveton's twin daughters turned 22 earlier this week. Oops. Tomorrow, March 1st, isn't just the first day of National Irish American Heritage Month, Peanut Month, Music in Our Schools Month, Women's History Month, Craft Month, Red Cross Month, Social Workers Month, and National Pig Day and National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. It also happens to be director Ron Howard, who turns 70, Lupita Nyong'o, the late singer Harry Belafonte, Justin Bieber, who turns 30, and Jensen Ackles' birthdays. Not only is March 2nd the informed Soma Basketball Playoff Day, it's also Katie Soares, Rebel Wilson, Nikki Smith-Bomber, Daniel Craig, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Combs' birthdays, along with the birth of the genius poet and writer, Dr. Seuss. Hooray! She was born 120 years ago that very day. Oh no, it's happening again. I'm speaking in rhyme. Get out of my head, Seuss. Out, 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 I say. I don't want to be speaking like this all Saturday. Kat Tenza, Camilla Cabello, Jessica Biel, the late Christian Oliver, Mad Max director George Miller were born March 3rd, which happens to be when the films My Dog Skip, Lean On Me, Dream a Little Dream, Four Years of Who, and 2017's Logan All Bad. Former WKKL DJ Amaro Mustafa, soccer player Harry Maguire, actress Eva Mendez, and comedian Matt Lucas make birthday wishes on March 5th which happens to be the debut date for 2010's Brooklyn's Finest and the Alice in Wonderland live-action remake, 1999's Analyze This and Cruel Intentions, and 2021 films Chaos Walking and Boogie. Since I will not be having an on-air show next week, I have some birthday shout-outs. First, I want to wish my incredible, hard-working sister, Rachel Engelman of California, a week early happy March 7th birthday. I love you and miss you so much. Your birthday gift will be a bit late. She shares her birthday with Julie Wendt, actor Brian Cranston, the amazing poet Amanda Gorman, 
the late actor John Hurd and comedian Wagner Sachs. Happy early March 8th birthdays to my uncle Tom Engelman and Aunt Claire Engelman, Lester Holt, and Freddie Prince Jr. I want to wish good luck to all the Special Olympics Mid-Cape Sports athletes, coaches, friends, and family competing in the March 10th Friends and Family Tournament. March 10th, of course, is the biggest, glitziest, and most prestigious night in all of Hollywood, the 96th Academy Awards. Woohoo! It's also my cousin Olivia LeBeau of Colorado's birthday. I can't believe you're going to be 17 years old, Olivia. Wow. Andrea Stevenson, the late Anton Yelchin, and Thora Birch blow off candles on March 11. My cousin Malachi Spone, singer James Taylor, voice actor Frank Welker, and actress Liza Minnelli were born March 12. And my cousin Keenan Shear's birthday happens to be March 13th. Paramount's musical biopic, Bob Marley, One Love, is still jamming over a barren box office landscape. It added $13.5 million from North American theaters in its second week in release, a 53% drop from its debut. It topped the box office for the second straight week, despite three re- re- new releases. It's been a surprise box office hit with $71.1 million stateside, and $121 million worldwide. The anime sequel, Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yabia to the Hashira training fared the best among newcomers with $11.5 million, enough for the runner-up spot. Its sales are slightly better than its predecessor, 2023's anime film, Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yabia to the Swordsmith Village, which made $10.1 million in its first weekend out, and way behind 2021's Demon Slayer Mugen Train, which made a quite impressive $21 million with pandemic-era theater closures. Now, keep in mind, Mugen Train was an actual movie, while To the Hashira Training is just the season three finale and started season four of the Magna TV series. In any case, these anime movies tend to play like horror films in terms of ticket sales, with the big performances that drop a lot in the next weekends. Hilary Swank's drama, Ordinary Angels, didn't spark a chord with the box office, with its uninspired third-place debut of just $6.2 million. Audiences, though, responded enthusiastically to the movie's feel-good tone, awarding it an A-plus cinema score. But these high scores are pretty common for films of the faith-based kind like this one. The only other newbie was director Ethan Cohen's comedic thriller, Driveway Dolls. It crashed hard in eighth place with a grim $2.5 million, one of the worst 2024 debuts so far. I have some sadness report. And it was sadness that I report the death of a comedic legend. NPR.com announced yesterday Richard Lewis, an acclaimed comedian known for exploring his neuroses and frantic stream-of-consciousness diatribes while dressed in all black, leading to his nickname the Prince of Pain, has died. He was 76. Lewis, who revealed he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2023, died at his home in Los Angeles on Tuesday night after suffering a heart attack, according to his publicist Jeff Abraham. A regular performer in clubs and on late-night TV for decades, Lewis also played Marty Gold, 
the romantic co-lead opposite Jamie Lee Curtis in the ABC series Anything But Love, and the reliably neurotic Prince John in Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights. He reintroduced himself to a new generation opposite Larry David in HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm, kvetching regularly. Lewis's recurring role on Curbing Your Enthusiasm can be credited to his friendship with fellow comedian, producer, and series star Larry David. Both native Brooklynites, born in the same Brooklyn hospital, they first met and became friends as rivals while attending the same summer camp at age 13. He was cast from the beginning, bickering with David on unpaid bills and countless courtesy, common courtesies. Unlike contemporary Robin Williams, Luce allowed audiences into his world and melancholy, pouring his torment and pain onto the stage. Fans favorably compared him to the groundbreaking comedian Lenny Bruce. He had a cameo in Leaving Las Vegas, which led to one of his first major dramatic roles as Jimmy Epstein, an addict fighting for his life in the indie film Drunks. He played Don Rickles' son on one season of Daddy Dearest and a rabbi in Seventh Heaven. Alas, Mr. Lewis wasn't the only one to go up to the pearly gates recently. Star Trek Discovery star Kenneth Mitchell lost his five-year battle with ALS Saturday. In the show, the 49-year-old portrayed Clinging's Cole, Cole Shaw, Tevenick, and another character, Aurelio. He voiced multiple characters in an episode of Star Trek Lower Desks and was also in Jericho, Switched at Birth, The Astronaut Wives Club, and Nancy Drew. 48-year-old actor Chris Gouther passed away after a brief illness over the weekend. He played Captain Hook's first mate, William Smee, in the 2011-2018 drama Once Upon a Time and cafe owner Vincent in Sci-Fi's beloved Eureka. He appeared in DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Smallville, iZombie, Netflix's A Series of Unfortunate Events, and Psych. Cape Cotters were in total shock Tuesday when news broke Centerville's famous Four Seas ice cream, which has been around for 90 years, is up for sale. <gasps> yes, folks. Unfortunately, this is true. WBZ News reported February 27th, the beloved ice cream shop, popular with celebrities like Taylor Swift, Adam Sandler, and members of Aerosmith, opened in 1934. Doug Warren and his wife Peggy took over the business from his parents in 2000. The shop near Craigville Beach is a staple in the area and for people vacationing on Cape Cod. The Warrens said they hoped that whoever buys the store will love it as much as they do. We've gotten a lot of calls from alumni looking to possibly buy it, which would be phenomenal, said Doug Warren. One of them, the three children work there. The parents work there, one of the kids, three of their four kids work for us too. So to have someone like that, that legacy, they know what they're getting themselves into, so it would be wonderful if it worked out that way. The shop which went on the market is Friday, which is going for $3 million. In better news, Gabor Sidibe is going to be a mom of two. She's expecting twins with hubby Brandon Frankel. The ocean is calling her again. A wheelie Caravolo, who rose to fame voicing Moana in 2016's Moana, announced Tuesday she will return as the Polynesian 
Wayfaring Princess for this November's Moana 2. The rest of the Jackson 5 for the Lionsgate Michael Jackson biopic have been cast. The HollywoodReporter.com announced February 27. The company announced eight new cast members on Tuesday who are joining the biographical film Michael to fill up both the younger and older versions of Jackson's four brothers, Jermaine, Marlon, Tito, and Jackie Jackson, comprising the family band that rose to prominence in the 1970s. Director Anton Fuqua's movie is currently in production and hits theaters April 18, 2025. Jaden Harville will portray the younger Jermaine, with Jamal R. Henderson, mine hunter, playing his older self. Marlon will be played by Jalen Lyndon Hunter in the younger years, and Trey Horton, my enemy alpha, later in life. Tito will be brought to life by Judah Edwards in the early years, and Ryan Hill, the Michael Blackson show, later. Nathaniel Logan McIntyre will play the younger Jackie, while Joseph David Jones, Roman J. Israel-esque, will throw up into the older version. Paramount revealed some dates for some of its upcoming films yesterday. A new Naked Gun film is coming. The new entry in the spy spoof comedy series star, will star Liam Neeson will, and has Seth MacFarlane as producer and arrives July 28th. Good and bad news, Paw Patrol and Teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Good news. The studio has date for the next entries in those franchises. Following last year's hit animated movies, Paw Patrol the Mighty Movie, and Teenage Ninja Turtles, Bune Mayhem. Bad news? You have to wait over two years till 2026 to see them. Paw Patrol 3 barks the theaters July 31st, 2026, and TMNT 2 arrives to theaters on October 6th that year. Original biographical musical Better Man sings its way to limited release Christmas Day this year and will go wide January 17, 2025. Dakota Fanning's action flick, Vicious, arrives August 8th next year, and Jack Quaid and Amber Mid-Thunder's Novocaine opens on March 14th next year. The first trailer for the remake of the 90s classic Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dread dropped yesterday, starring Nicole Ritchie, June Squibb, Olympian Gus Kenworthy, Simone Joy Jones, Danielle Tremaine Hansley, Miles Fowler and Jermaine Fowler, it comes to theaters April 12th. The long-in-development live-action Naruto movie at Lionsgate has found its writer and director, Destin Daniel Creighton, who directed the 2021 pandemic-era Marvel hit, Sean Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The Oscars are right around the corner, and I've got a bunch of Oscar news for you folks. The first round of Oscar presenters were announced earlier this week. They are last year's four acting winners, that is to say, Best Picture winner, Everything Everywhere All at Once is Michelle Yeoh, Kiku Kwan, and Jamie Lee Curse and The Whale's Brendan Fraser. Past winners Sam Rockwell, Jessica Lane, Matthew McConaughey, Lupita Nyongo, Nicolas Cage, Al Pacino and Mahershala Ali, and Michelle Pfeiffer and Zendaya. Billboard.com stated yesterday, all five of this year's Oscar nominees for Best Original Song will be performed live at the 2024 Oscars on March 10th. Billie Eilish and Phineas will deliver What Was I Made For from Barbie.
which is widely expected to win the award. This will mark the third time in five years that the brother and sister pair have performed at the Oscars. They performed yesterday as the In Memoriam song at the 2020 Oscars, and they're nominated No Time to Die at the 2022 ceremony. It went on to win the award. Mark Ronson will join Ryan Gosling perform I'm Just Ken from Barbie, which Ronson co-wrote with Andrew Wyatt. Ronson and Wyatt won five years ago for co-writing Shallow from A Star Is Born. Scott George and the Osage Singers will perform Wazaha, A Song for My People, from Killers of the Flower Moon, which George wrote. Becky G will perform The Fire Inside from Flaming Hot. She was among the performers of We Don't Talk About Bruno from Encanto, which was performed at the Oscars two years ago, even though it wasn't nominated. But this will be her first solo so- showcase. Becky G won't be joined by the song's writer, Diane Warren. John Baptiste will perform it Never Went Away from American Symphony, which he co-wrote with Dan Wilson. Big news, folks. If you never got to see chance to see the Best Picture nominated, amazing but strange, dark fantasy comedy, Poor Things, up for 11 Oscars, including Best Actress, Best Ritual Score, and Best Director in theaters, You're in Luck. The film is coming to Hulu in a week's time on March 7th. Plus, its fellow Best Picture nominee, Anatomy of the Fall, up for five Oscars, which I will be doing along with Past Lives for the final Best Picture Contender Feature Spotlight next week, arrives on the platform March 22nd. And that brings me right into today's Best Picture Spotlight nominee, John Nathan Glazier's historical drama, The Zone of Interest, which was based on the late Martin Armis's 2014 book and stars Christian Ferdell and Sandra Houllier. The co-production between Poland and the United Kingdom centers on German Nazi commander Rudolf Haas and his wife Hedwig, who try to build a perfect life for their family in a new home and garden next to the Auschwitz concentration camp. It arrived in theaters December 15th and made $18.6 million. It was named one of 2023's top five international films by the National Board of Review. It is up for five awards, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, Best International Film, and Best Sound. Did you know that the prisoner named Joseph Wolfe actually survived the camp? And he became one of the first people to document the atrocities of the Holocaust and dedicated the rest of his life to the cause. And Sir Martin Amos, the author of the original novel this movie is based on, passed away on May 19th, the very day it had its world premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. Arriving in theaters, finally, on March 1st, is the epic sci-fi Dune Part 2 with Austin Butler, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Christopher Walken, Zendaya, Charlotte Ramping, Javier Bardem, Florence Pug, Josh Brolin, Stellan Sarsgaard, Dave Bautista, Leia Sadu, and Anna Taylor-Joy. After multiple delays, no thanks to the SAG after strike, it's finally time to return to the desert planet Arrakis for the second and final of Denny Villeneuve's two-film series that began with 2021's Dune. Both are adaptions of Frank Herbert's celebrated Dune book. Now, in case you forgot the plot, way into the future, 
the noble Atreides family becomes entangled in a war for control of the desert planet, where spice, the most important and valuable drug in the entire universe, grows. Meanwhile, Air Polytreides gets plagued by visions of a dark future. In Dune Part 2, Polytreides and Chani will try to bring together the Freeman people of Arrakis to fight against House Harkonnen while getting revenge on the people that ruined his family. According to IMDb.com, this film was officially greenlit just four days after Dune Part 1's U.S. release on October 26, 2021. And before Austin Butler was cast, Barry Keoghan and Bill Sarsgaard were considered for the part of Fred Rautha Harkonnen. And Butler had to gain 25 pounds of muscle to play their part. In Dune Part 2's honor, and since the film hits a big milestone this year, let's go back in time to when Frank Herbert's groundbreaking sci-fi 65, 1965 book of the same name first arrived on the big screen with David Lynch's space opera, Dune. The December 14, 1984 release stars Kyle McLaughlin in his film debut, Dean Stockwell, Brad Dorff, Sir Patrick Stewart, the singer Sting, the late Max Van Saito, and Linda Hunt. Like 2021's Dune, the film, set in 101-91, tells of the fight between House Harkonnens and House Atreides as they battle for control of the harsh desert planet Arrakis, i.e. Dune, where Spice, the universe's most valuable drug, grows. After the book's success, many attempts to make it into film began as far back as 1971. But the film, in which at least four versions exist, was not well received. It only earned 30.9 million bears of spice on a 40 to $42 million budget. Since then, the film, which had a sequel plan, but the box office failure threw that out the window, has gotten a cult following. Despite its failure, it wasn't the last time the book beat went on the big screen. There was a 2000 Emmy Award-winning miniseries, Frank Herbert's Dune, and its 2003 TV miniseries, Frank Herbert's Children of Dune. And of course, there was 2021's Dune Part One, which made $402 million worldwide, took home six technical Oscars, and was a Best Picture nominee. According to IMDb.com, Cheat sheets explaining much of the movie's location and the more outlandish vocab were handed out to moviegoers at some theaters during the film's original release. And some scenes were filmed at the exact same time and in the exact same spot as scenes from Conan the Destroyer, which also opened up in 1984. Speaking of space set films based on books, landing in Netflix's orbit March 1st, is the sci-fi drama Spaceman, starring Adam Sandler, Carrie Mulligan, Kunal Mayar, Isabel Rossini, and Paul Dano. It's based on the 2017 novel Spaceman of Volchemia. Czech astronaut Jacob is six months into his solo mission collecting mysterious dust on the edge of the solar system, but he starts to realize his life on air, Earth is crumbling apart and the only one can help him get it back together is an ancient creature from the dawn of time that he discovers on his ship. 
Arriving on Netflix March 8th is the dark fantasy damsel with Millie Bobby Brown, Angela Bassett, Nick Robinson, Ray Winstone, and Robin Wright. Frances Elodie is a dutiful, sheltered young noblewoman who goes along with a plan to marry a handsome prince, only to discover way too late his family means to sacrifice her to a powerful dragon in order to repay an ancient debt. Trapped in the cave of a fearsome dragon, Princess Elodie must rely on her wits and will in order to survive and get revenge. Coming to Peacock tomorrow, March 1st, is the animated superhero comedy Megamind vs. the Doom Syndicate with the voices of Adam Lambert, Janine Mason, Keith Ferguson, Laura Post, Talon Warburton, Chris Sullivan, and Josh Prenner. It's a sequel to 2010's Megamind and serves as a pilot for the Peacock TV series Megamind Rules, which also drops on Peacock on March 1st. In it, the blue-skinned humanoid alien former supervillain Megamind is now the hero of Metro Series City, his first big test as a superhero, getting a new team together to stop his evil former teammates' devious plans of launching Metro City all the way to the moon. Now on DVD is the black comedy fantasy dream scenario with Nicolas Cage, Julianne Nicholson, Michael Sarah, Tim Meadows, and Dylan Baker. In the November 10, 2023 release, which made $8.8 million, mild-mannered biology professor Paul finds his life changed when millions of strangers suddenly see him in their dream. When his nighttime appearances take a turn for the worst, he's forced to navigate this newfound stardom. According to IMDb.com, this is the first collaboration between Nicolas Cage and Studio A24. And like most of his roles, Cage came up with his own hairdo. Also on DVD this week is the November 17th release, Next Goal Wins, Taika Waititi's biographical sports comedy drama based on the 2014 documentary the same name stars the talents of Michael Fassbender, Kamada, Elizabeth Moss, and Will Arnett. After landing in major hot water, hot-headed Dutch-American soccer coach Thomas Rongen faces a choice, being fired or accepting an almost inconceivable task Converting the American Samoa national soccer team, considered perhaps the weakest team in the entire world, into an elite winning squad. He chooses the former, not realizing the team, and the choice will change him like his life forever. And finally, now on DVD is the animated family dramedy Migration, starring Elizabeth Banks, Keegan Michael Key, Kamal Nanjiani, Aquafina, and Danny DeVito. The December 20th 2020, the December 22, 2023 release flew past $269 million worldwide. It centers on a family of mallards who try to convince their overprotective father to attempt to migrate from New England to Jamaica via New York City where they get a little bit sidetracked. That's all the news I have for you today, my loyal listeners and fans. However, before I leave, I must announce something. Due to an event off Cape, I will not be having an on-air show next week. <gasps> but don't worry, folks. I'm not leaving you high and dry right before the Oscars. 
That would be too mean. While it's true, there will be no show over the airwaves. I will still be doing the breaks on 90.7 WKKL's Midday Movie Madness Facebook page and its Spotify and Anchor podcast page as well, so you can tune in then. So until we meet again, my minions, as always, stay safe, watch lots of movies and DVDs, and get to the theaters if you can. Bye now.